Hey fellow brain pickers, how would you like to get featured as a guest on multiple podcast shows like this one and get massive exposure? My company, getfeatured.com, will get you featured on targeted shows, will design you a custom bio page, pitch you to the host, prepare you for the shows, and promote you so you get even more brand exposure. Head over to getfeatured.com to get major publicity for your brand. Welcome to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast, where successful entrepreneurs get their brains picked so you can apply mindset tricks and game-changing tactics that will help you become unstoppable. Now, here's your host, Daniel Geffen. Hey, fellow brain pickers, and welcome to episode 105 of Can I Pick Your Brain. My guest today has generated over $20 million through LinkedIn. Yes, you heard that right. LinkedIn. Now, most of you probably have a LinkedIn account, but like me, haven't been active on it for a while. Or you have been, but you're not getting many leads. Well, he's here to show you how to turn on the lead generation tap and generate more leads than you know what to do with. Dennis Brown has built three multi-million dollar businesses in three different industries, one of which has been listed on Inc. 500 fastest growing companies seven times. He's also the author of The Seven Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users, a step-by-step guide to crushing it on LinkedIn. Now, as always, I've put together a short wrap to help introduce my guest. Here goes. Making money on LinkedIn, where do I begin? I'm so glad I found him. Lead generation, that's his vocation. Take a vacation from your sales frustration. Inc. 500, what a celebration. Reach out to him for a free consultation. He'll show you the path to market domination. But LinkedIn, you say, there's just no way. Yeah, that's because you're praying spray. Making money ain't child's play, and here today he'll show you the way to get leads on a silver tray. So without further ado, I welcome to you the number one LinkedIn guy in town, the one and only Dennis Brown. Dennis, welcome to the show, and thanks for letting me pick your brain. Oh my God, Daniel, that was amazing. <laughs> that was awesome. Holy cow. I didn't know you were a rapper. I'm not. I'm not a rapper at all. I'm a, I'm a, Jewish, white, I'm a Jewish white boy that should not be rapping, but I do it because it gets my heart literally beating away and it gives me an adrenaline rush like you've never like, had before. And it's just amazing. So thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Are you kidding? Dennis, I'm telling you, this is the first time that I posted about a guest coming on that I've had so many comments. I've never had this many comments of questions, people who are really looking forward to this episode. And the reason why, and I'll tell you what it is, I feel like LinkedIn has always been dead to me for the last, I would say, at least three years. Because when I started my first company about seven years ago, I was on LinkedIn. I built up my connections. I, I, I've got around now 5,000 connections on LinkedIn. And I really worked it. You know, I, I was posting and I was posting articles and connecting. And, and then it just died. Like, I just got so much spam in my inbox with, uh, congratulations on your new job and congratulations on your new and happy birthday and all stupid like just rattle or like or like you know you add someone on LinkedIn and, and then you get this automated message saying hi Daniel welcome to my network I would love to offer you a free consultation with my company oh leave me alone and it just became so spammy and just a waste of time and I never got any leads from it and so I just gave it up and I hit the nail on the coffin 
and goodbye. I joined Facebook happily ever after. Now, go back a couple of weeks ago. I started seeing people on Facebook talking about how many leads they were getting and how much money they were making from LinkedIn. And I was shocked. And I said, hmm, LinkedIn, really? So I signed back in and I noticed that there, was, that there were some changes, but then I still didn't believe that you can actually get leads on LinkedIn. And then something wild happened. And I'm sorry that I'm droning on here, Dennis. I'll let you speak in a minute. But this is actually... I'm, no, no, that's great. Yeah, I, I love I'm really to hear passionate it. about this. So I actually, basically last week, this is the first lead I ever got from LinkedIn um, for Get Featured. And what happened was, it, it was just because I was... I was playing around with LinkedIn. I was like kind of looking at different people's profiles and I get a message from someone saying, Hey Daniel, um, I noticed that you looked at my profile and I happen to be looking to get featured on podcast shows. And I know that you run a company called get featured that helps people get featured on podcast shows. I would like to have a chat. So I thought, wow, okay, this is cool. So we got on the phone and Dennis within an hour, this person completely cold, didn't know him from Adam. He wasn't a referral, didn't come from anywhere. There were no ads, purely LinkedIn. He signed up for our top package, $8,400 right there and then. And at, boom. boom! And at that point, I said, oh my goodness, okay, this is cool. But now I'm thinking, can I repeat that? Like, is that just a one-off? Like, is that... And then I stumble upon a guy called Dennis Brown. I, I don't know if you've heard of him, but apparently he's done 20 million <laughs> smackaroonies through LinkedIn. Like, what? So can you take us back for, for our listeners that don't know who you are? When, I guess, when did you discover LinkedIn? What was the light bulb moment where you said, oh my goodness, I've got a gold mine here? Yeah, you know, thanks for having me on, Daniel. I truly appreciate it. You know, it's a really funny story, and I'll try to keep it yep. brief. But back in 2003, I started a B2B service company, right? It was a third-party logistics company here in the mm -hmm. States. And, um, you know, we were growing very rapidly. You know, we did a million, then we did three million, then we did six million, then we did 12 million. And, and the rock was getting really hard to push. So I was looking for new and innovative ways to grow our business. And at the time, I was literally a total social media naysayer. <laughs> I didn't have a Facebook account. I didn't have a Twitter account. I didn't have a LinkedIn account. I didn't have any of these accounts. I used to laugh at my wife about all this social media stuff. And then, I literally stumbled across LinkedIn and when it when I saw it it just made sense the conversations were different the people were different everything was different than what I had traditionally thought about social media and so I quietly set up an account on LinkedIn and just started you know throwing a bunch of mud up against the wall to try to see what would happen right I didn't have any idea what I was doing I was doing everything wrong but luckily enough Within about a month or so, I got into a conversation with one of my prospects. He was a manufacturer because that's what we did. We provided uh, transportation and freight management services for manufacturers, producers, and distributors. And I got on the phone and got a conversation with this gentleman. And, you know, we had a great conversation. It was probably 15 minutes long. And by the end of the conversation, you know, he had given me permission to follow up with him down the road and talk to him a little bit more about his logistics. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I wasn't quite sure where it was going to go. I just knew that I had planted some seeds and I knew we had a great dialogue mm -hmm. and I knew we had built some rapport. And within about a month after that, I get a random phone call out of left field 
And it's this gentleman that I had talked to. And he said, hey, Dennis, you remember me? And I said, yeah, of course I remember you. He said, "Uh, listen, you do logistics, right? And I said, yeah. And he said, well, I have a problem. And right there, I knew. It was like that light bulb moment. It was that time when you say, oh, my gosh, just like you just described where you went on, you reengaged with LinkedIn, you started looking at some potential prospects. They saw that you looked with your profile, and then all of a sudden, you created an $8,000 deal out of thin air, Mm -hmm. right? And so the same thing happened for me. And so at that point, what I did was... I said, hey, listen, this might be the golden egg. This might be exactly what we're looking for to push the business forward because my goal was to develop a, you know, an, a large eight-figure business. Mm-hmm. And so I had, uh, you know, I developed a system. I went in and I became kind of like the crash test dummy of LinkedIn, right? I figured out everything that you could do wrong <laughs> and found out the, the handful of things that you need to do right. And I created a LinkedIn marketing system that I taught to my team for my mm-hmm. business. You know, I wasn't out selling a product. I wasn't out doing consulting. I was just doing it for my own business. And we went on to generate over $20 million in new business using that exact just same strategy. Just once, I want to clarify so, that. I want to clarify, just from LinkedIn, only from LinkedIn, exclusively That's from insane. LinkedIn. That's insane. That is insane. Yeah. Yep. Because, you know, people... Is- so what you have to consider is this. Yeah. One thing I want you to consider, sorry for interrupting, mm-hmm. but is the fact that my clients that I did business with, you know, an average client might be $100,000 a year. Oh, wow. Okay. So you don't have to generate for, for some businesses, right? If you have a $500 product, obviously the return on investment is a lot different and the lifetime value is a lot different than if you're in a B2B situation, right? Where you might be doing 50 or $100,000 a year in recurring yeah. business, right? That's the type of business I had. So again, not all my clients were seven figure clients. Not all my clients were $10,000 a year clients, but we had a, a very, uh, we typically focused in on small to medium sized companies. So that was a lot of business. And I tell you, I conservatively tell you link 20 million. It was way more than that, but I can't in my mind document mm-hmm. it. I know it was way more than that. And that was recurring. That wasn't just one time. Wow. revenue. So a lot of that was recurring revenue. You have to understand that when I sold that business uh, last year, uh, late 2016 or early 2016, the company was doing over 80 million in 80, sales. You had a company so, doing $80 you know, million dollars in sales. That's incredible. Yeah. And yeah. most of it was unfortunately, LinkedIn. I, 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 sold that and now I now I do a lot of LinkedIn consulting, right. LinkedIn marketing and, and, uh, and all okay, that. Okay, so I've got a bunch of questions which I'm sure my, my our, our listeners are thinking right now. First of all, okay, let's just put this aside, B2B. Does B2C work on LinkedIn? Because everybody's you know thinking, okay, very nice for, for, for B2B guys, but what about B2C? Can you actually do the same thing on, on LinkedIn? You can, but it depends upon who your target market is. If your target market is stay-at-home moms, Mm -hmm. then you're probably not going to do very well on LinkedIn. But if your target is executives of Fortune 500 companies, or if your target is some specific professional, Mm -hmm. not necessarily the business that they work for, but the professional that works within those organizations, yes, you can. Does that yeah, make that's sense? perfect. Now you mentioned system, and 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 I like I, I like the word system because obviously you know my thought about you know lead generation through LinkedIn is that I have to go on LinkedIn every day and physically like reach out to people, and to me that's just not scalable. Like I want to build a scalable company. I don't want to be constantly having to mine out the leads, right? Um, what's great about Facebook ads, for example, is you switch it on and you know you you get gen, you get lead gen, um, and you can scale it up. Uh, with referrals, you can you can scale up 
you know, affiliates and things like that. So when you say system, what kind of, what does it look like? Are you, are you, are you using automation tools? What are you doing? Well, first, let me, let me just address what you just said. Number one, you know, you're right. Facebook is very good for one to many. And there are other platforms that are very good one to many. LinkedIn, unless you have a large ad budget, is not very good one to many. It's much more one to one. So no, I do not practice automation tools. You'll see some different people that say they have this push button software that will do X, Y, and Z. First of all, I don't use those. Second of all, they're against LinkedIn's terms of service. So you're subjecting yourself to a potential you know, suspension. So I don't promote those. Mm-hmm. I don't use those types of services. My system is geared like this. So here, here's what I'll ask you the question. Would you rather have a Facebook ad running where, you're, where you can't necessarily control the quality of your leads? Because one of the challenges with inbound marketing is you don't know who it's Exactly is going to respond to your ad. Mm, so you get what I call a lot of dead wood. Yeah. You have to filter through a lot of people to find any quality, mm-hmm. right? So you, out of every hundred leads you generate through Facebook, you know, there's probably a very small handful that are really good leads. Would I you agree? hundred percent. hundred percent. Okay. So on LinkedIn, the difference is this. If I sat down with you and I said, Daniel, I want you to go onto LinkedIn and I want you to hand pick I want you to go through, I want you to look at their profiles, and I want you to handpick 100 people, just just for an even number, of people that are your exact target Mm -hmm. market. They fit your exact buyer persona to a T. And I want you to make a list of those people. And if I could put you into a phone or face-to-face conversation with 100 of those people over the next six to nine months... What would that do for your business? Oh yeah, for sure. Like, there's no question about it. It would it would blow up. But it would be huge, right? Because sure. you're talking to the right people. So the difference is exactly that. When you're talking about Facebook, you know, inbound lead generation is great. I do advertising on Facebook. I I have no problem with Facebook. But when I want to speak to the CEO of an IT consulting firm, or when I want to speak to an ex- an exact person the exact decision maker. And I want to develop a one-to-one relationship Mm -hmm. because I know that they're my exact target market. I go to LinkedIn and here's how I do it. Before you go, hold on one second. Three-part strategy. Dennis, I've got to cut you down there for a second because I want to just jump in and say this. For those listening that don't have high ticket items, does this also apply to them? Because it sounds to me that this it only really works with high ticket items because you're not going after the masses. You're going after, you know, one at a time, if that makes sense. It, it, it leans towards people who have a larger lifetime okay. value, right? So if you're selling a $199 uh, online course, mm-hmm. LinkedIn is not going to be your primary strategy. Can it support your other strategies? Absolutely. But it's not going to be your primary strategy. But if you have a SaaS product where you're, you have a recurring revenue stream and you're making $1,500 or $2,500 a year and your lifetime value, you know, you might have that client for three, four, five years. Yeah, you can see, you can definitely see an ROI and anything beyond that, then obviously it's a no brainer. I asked that same question I asked you of a, of a recent 
uh, in a recent conversation I had with a with another gentleman who was the CEO of an IT consulting firm, and his response was to if I could put him in a face to face or a phone call with a hundred of his exact prospects, what he told me was Dennis. In the next 12 months, if you can do that, it would generate over a million dollars in business for my company. Mm-hmm. So yes, the the range swings, but I would tell you, you need to evaluate the lifetime value of your client. If it's very, very low end, LinkedIn is probably not going to be your primary place. But I work with a lot of consultants and, you know, a consultant that charges 1500 or two, three or four or $5,000 a month. That's not uncommon, mm-hmm. right? When you're doing consulting for businesses. Yep. So a lot of what I do is with consultants, coaches, and then B2B sales teams. So typically that lifetime value is pretty okay. high. Brilliant. Okay. So what is the, so I guess, what is your system? So I break it down into three, the three C's, right? You create, you connect, and you convert. The create is you have to create a compelling and interesting profile, right? Because face it, everybody treats LinkedIn like it's a resume site. And I'm not going to go into exactly how to optimize your profile because that's a very in-depth kind of a micro Mm -hmm you know, training, but I will tell you, you have to optimize your profile and you have to optimize it in such a way that you position yourself and differentiate yourself from everybody else on LinkedIn. So number one, you don't want it to look like a resume. And number two, you want to position yourself if you're a consultant or a coach or even a B2B sales leader as a, as a, as a trusted expert, as a resource, as a thought leader, as someone who differentiates themselves. So if you, you know, rather than in their headline saying account executive or business development or vice president of sales, listen, guys, nobody cares about that. Nobody cares what your title is. What do they care about, Daniel? They care about what's in it for me right? What's in it for me? So you need to deliver that very quickly because you've probably got about three to five seconds on your profile to make a good first impression. So that's what you have to create. You have to create an experience when someone lands on your profile that you can make a good first Mm -hmm. impression. That's number one, right? The second thing you do is you, you have to connect with the right people. I see a lot of people on LinkedIn and a lot of people on social in general making a lot of connections but 95% of those connections aren't their target market. They're spending a lot of the time with all mm-hmm. the wrong people. So what I tell people to do is you have to sit down, you have to define, you have to put a one-page document together and define exactly who your target market is. If it's a uh, the HR manager at a, you know, at a... Uh, Uh, food manufacturing company that manufactures food or whatever the case may be that lives in that lives in uh, northeast of in the United States, you know, New Mm -hmm. York, PA up in that area and has a company that has less than 50 employees. You can target that person. If you want to spend time, spend time with those people. Don't spend, you know, you need to spend 95% of your time with those people. So first you need to define who they Mm -hmm. are. And then secondly, as a part of that, you need to create a compelling invitation to connect with them. You need to give them a reason to connect with you. So you probably, much like me, get all of these generic connection requests where there's no customization to it. And there are people out of left field and you have no idea who they are, right? And so are they making a good first impression? No, probably not. Because number one, my first my first thought is they're lazy. Yeah. 
right? They're lazy. Yep. They didn't even take time to really customize the connection. So what I teach people to do is send a custom connection request where you can build some rapport, where you can find out some of the commonality and you can point out some of the commonality. Like for example, um, what connections do you have in common? What groups do you have in mm -hmm. common? What influencers do you follow? What, uh, you know, what articles have you liked, commented, or shared? So what I'm gonna articles have you published or posted? I, I want right? to challenge you on that, Dennis, for a second, because uh, yeah, my mind is pushing back against what you're saying for one reason and one reason only. Okay. And that is, how do you scale that? And, and maybe you can tear me apart right now, Dennis, because you built a $20 million company, okay? Actually, an $80 million company. So you, could, you can yeah. tear me down if you want, please. My question is, how do you scale that then? Because if you're constantly, you know, going in and customizing every single interaction, you know, how, how do you systemize it? How do you scale it? Well, the system part is easy, right? The system part is is what I'm sharing with you now. There's some steps you need to follow to number okay. one, kind of set up your foundation. And then from there, you can systemize it where you're only spending 30, 45, if max an hour a day. Now, the way you scale that is this. As an individual, it doesn't scale. Meaning you as an individual, it's not going to scale to where you can get thousands of leads. But remember, it's not Facebook. You don't need thousands of leads. Mm. Because in Facebook, a thousand leads might convert into 50 or 100 good ones, yep. right? In LinkedIn, if you connect with the right people and you develop the relationship with the right people and you can engage those people, you don't need nearly as many leads to get the same ROI. Got it. So the scale, it, you, I don't want you to compare apples with Got oranges, it. right? Because they are very different. The conversion ratio of a connection and a relationship that you develop through LinkedIn versus a lead that you get through Facebook, there's no there's no comparison in regards to conversion ratio into an actual client, mm -hmm. okay? If you just take a lead to an actual customer uh, from an, an engagement perspective, and I don't think anybody would dispute that because again, you can control exactly who you're speaking to. So the way you would scale it, there's two ways that you can scale the system. The way I scaled it was I taught everybody in my organization to do it. So rather than me spending just 30 minutes a day, I had 20, 30, 40, 50 people doing that. So the, all of a sudden now it does scale, mm. right? Because now you've got a scale in, in body yeah. count and in hours and time spent. The other way you can scale it is if you choose, you can hire a VA. I mean, you can have a virtual assistant. Or you could have a crew of virtual assistants that help you scale. Mm. They're acting on your behalf, doing a lot of those mundane routine tasks. I've done this in the past. I typically don't have that for myself because I don't need it, yeah. right? I, I have more clients than I have time, which is a high quality problem. <laughs> but that's because I've been doing this for eight years, right? right? Or almost 10 years now, actually. So... So that, those are the two ways that I would tell you you could scale. I think the most effective way to do it, if you're running a business that has uh, independent contractors or has um, W-2 employees or workers under your helm and you're managing using those workers, some of them are business development, some of them are mm -hmm. sales, um, you need to teach this system to them. But you first need to understand the system. You first need to set the system up for yourself, mm, yeah. start using it, and then you can deploy it across your organization. And that's how you'll get some scale. Does that it make sense? It makes 100% sense. And by the way, this is all organic. There's no paid ads here, right? This is just organic um, 
marketing, right? There's, you're not paying anyone. Absolutely. It's all organic. Unlike Facebook, it's not a pay to play. You know, there are advantages in LinkedIn. If you do have a premium membership, I'm sure we'll talk yes. about that at some point during the call yeah. today. But um, no, you don't need a big ad budget. What I, but I will tell you, LinkedIn has made some huge advancements in their LinkedIn ad platform. Okay. And I'm in the process of testing it right now. I did it years ago. Mm -hmm. I didn't like it. It wasn't very good. They've made some acquisitions, integrated in some technology. So I'm excited to see what happens with these tests that I'm running. Mm -hmm. And I'll re I can always report back to you, of For course. Sure. But my system is designed on not having to spend a dollar. So you made $20 million and you didn't spend a dime on advertising. Not one that's, dime of that revenue came from advertising. That's absolutely nuts. I mean, it really is. It's it's crazy. Wow. So. Yeah, because you're a guy who appreciates how much $20 million in business is, right? You know, most people, if they had a, a seven-figure business, a million-dollar business, thinks that they've conquered the world. The reality is, you know, you can scale this up, but the way I scaled it was a little different. Yeah. I didn't scale my own time. I scaled and leveraged the, my entire organization. Everybody that in my company that came on was taught how to use this LinkedIn marketing system. Mm. And what I love is uh, about this as well is that you're building real relationships. You're not just like spamming people and and advertising you're, you're really building relationships so it's a really it's like a long-term play as well i mean you could now probably dennis you can go to your network and you could sell anything i mean you because you've built that relationship with them that's right. I mean, I have relationships. I've built relationships with some of the most incredible people that you can possibly imagine. People that I would never have had the opportunity to probably meet in just the 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 regular in my regular business dealings because I'm in Buffalo, New York, which is not the a thriving mecca for business, <laughs> right? I mean, we do okay, but right. you know, we're not in Silicon Valley. I'm not in New York City. I'm not in Houston or you know San Diego. I mean, we're in a kind of a small little podunk town, and LinkedIn has been the bridge that's allowed me to number one, generate a ton of revenue and a ton of clients. But I've also been able to develop relationships with the media and get hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of free advertising. Whoa. I've been able to develop partnerships with organizations that that um, have been become resellers or VARs or affiliates. I've developed relationships there. So, I mean, there's a lot of different ways. Uh, and then there's just other people that I've met who have just been super smart uh, incredible people that I'll call up and bounce ideas off of. They have, they have no ability to be my customer, but they're just super intelligent. Mm. I respect their opinion and their experience. And so it becomes like uh, an incredible way to develop a, a, a network. You know, there's an old book. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's called, Let me guess. Um, Dig Your Well Before uh, You're Thirsty. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Dig Your Well Before You're How Thirsty. How did I know? Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Harvey McKay, you've got it. I'm telling you, if you guys haven't listened or haven't got the audio book or haven't read that book, that's a great book. I'm telling you, dig your well before you're thirsty. And that's kind of my philosophy on LinkedIn. And along the way, you can pick up some good coin along the way if, you, if you've if you got a good, valuable product or service. Brilliant. I actually want to, to get onto the uh, how to get free PR because I feel like a lot of uh, people listening to this will want to know more about that. But before we do, let's let's go back to the, the process here because you've mentioned step number one is you've got to have a great first impression which means you've got to have that profile the perfect profile and by the way for those listening if you want to get a, a more in-depth uh, details about how to have an incredible profile uh, Dennis you wrote the book the seven habits right 
seven habits of, of highly successful, successful LinkedIn users. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you guys can grab that. Connect with me on LinkedIn or go to, you know, you can go to linkedacademy.com and you can uh, you can download that for free, absolutely free. Cost you so nothing. that's a free ebook, guys. So if you want to grab that, you can. You know, you'll at the end of the show, you can go to my show notes, click the link, and there you go, and you can start. And I, I want to say one thing before we continue. For those listening, if if you don't take any action, if you don't take any, you know, concrete action from what we're saying now, you're not going, I guarantee you will not get any results from LinkedIn. I guarantee it. You've got to take, yeah, absolutely. you've got to take yep. the action. Without you've a doubt. got to take the action. And, and I highly recommend downloading uh, Dennis's book because it really goes in depth. All the things that we're covering now, he goes in depth and he's got this seven step process, which I'm going to be following. And uh, I highly recommend you guys to, to download that. Um, so the second step in the process was you said to connect to the right target audience because there's no point going after, you know, anybody. You've got to be very super targeted. Um, what's That's the right. third step in the process? Yeah, this is, you know, this is like baking a cake, Daniel. I'm glad you brought that up <laughs> as far as the system and following the steps. First, create a compelling profile, then connect with the right people. And then what you need to do is you need to convert them offline into the real world. Okay. Mm. Again, you know, in the B2B world, we typically don't sell a lot. Okay, unless it's a very low ticket item through just a straight e-commerce platform, unless they're already a, an existing customer and they're just reordering. Mm -hmm. So the fact is you need to convert those conversations offline and that's where the magic really happens. So the strategy that I use there is is very simple, right? There's I'm not a rocket scientist. I'm, I've probably, if I walk into any given room, I'm never the smartest guy. But what I am good at doing is I'm good at developing relationships and I'm good at at figuring out what exactly people want. What does my target market want? What are some of their pain points? What are some of their challenges? So what I do, the first thing I do when I can, when somebody connects with me on LinkedIn is I differentiate myself immediately. Unlike most people, you don't get a thank you message. I will send an immediate thank you message that same day, typically within 24 hours, I'll send a thank you message just thanking them to connect with me. Is that automated, okay? by the way, Dennis? So, no, it's not automated at all. No. So once a day I go in, if I've got 20 new connections, I send a thank you message. Um, the only automation that may be a part of that is I may use something like a tool like Text Expander because I use where where I can actually uh, where I can actually copy and paste the message and then customize it because some of those thank you messages are somewhat repetitive, mm -hmm. right? It just gives you a little bit more time scale, right? Because rather than typing something that's a hundred yes. words, you can type, you know, you can just cut and paste it real quick. So I may use something what's, like that, but it it's called? not an automated software. Um, so the first thing I do to differentiate myself is I send them a thank you message. And as a part of that thank you message, I typically like to ask them a question. And it's something very simple. In my business, I ask them a question and my question is, hey, you know, I know we don't know each other, but in an effort to get a hold, you know, to know you a little bit better, what's your primary reason for being on LinkedIn? Question mark. Mm. And then, you know, cheers, Dennis. And the amount of engagement I get from just that initial message where I can start building a dialogue. Remember, these are all people that I've handpicked. Yeah. I'm not connecting with just some random people out on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. You know, these are handpicked you know, potential prospects, I get an immediate dialogue. And if I don't get a dialogue there, what I do is on a weekly basis, what I'll do is I'll, I build a cadence where I'll send out a nurturing sequence. Now, again, none of this is automated. 
but I have a system that allows you to automate it where you can come in every day and spend a half an hour a day and you can you can start generating three, five, ten appointments a week. Wow. You know, and these are appointments with your target market. Mm. Like I said, just imagine if if just we were we had talked about this before. Imagine if you're a consultant and you can add three highly qualified appointments a week to your schedule. What does that do your do to your business over the course of a year? That's 150 conversations. If you're not even any good at sales, <laughs> you're just going to get 15 clients out yeah. of it, right? You don't even have to be good at what you do. You're going to get 15 if they're the right people, right? If you're really good at it, you're probably going to get 30 or 40. Can we just take a right? step back though, Dennis? Before yeah. you've reached out to the contact, how are you targeting the connections are you going what are you doing for those people are listening who may have not even you know used linkedin before you go into linkedin you just do a search is that like what are you searching how do you find your ideal uh, clients in fact let's do a little case study let's use my company as a case study um so get get featured for those of you listening that don't know what we do we basically get people featured on podcast shows so for us we would be targeting you know um entrepreneurs, CEOs, people who have been successful, they, they're they earning anywhere from half a million dollars a year upwards. Um, they're part of mastermind groups. They, you know, they, they, they listen to podcast shows. Um, they're looking to speak. Uh, they may have written a book or they're looking to write a book or they're just publishing a book. That's our demographic. So, you know, using us as a case study, what would I do now to find those those potential clients? Perfect. I'm glad you reeled that in because that's an important step. Sometimes I make the assumption that <laughs> yeah. people understand you right. know, the search feature, right? So LinkedIn has a very robust search feature. It allows you, unlike, unlike uh, Facebook or a lot of the other social platforms, you can get very granular with your search. So not only can you search for keywords, you can search for their their title, mm-hmm. right, within the organization. So if you're looking for CEOs or entrepreneurs or authors or speakers, you can search for that title. So that's going to search their title, and it's going to give you that give you results back with that. Mm-hmm. So that right there in itself is going to allow you to hone in immediately on your exact market, right? So now we can whittle that down a little bit more. Let's say we put authors in here just for a hypothetical and it comes back with five million authors right because there's going to be a million authors on there right so you come back with five million authors and now all of a sudden you're like well you know, I really want to focus in on the United States, just a hypothetical, yep. right? Mm-hmm. So now you hone in and you narrow it down to the United States. So now maybe there's a million and I'm just using these yep. hypothetical numbers. We filtered down your target market to a little bit more precise. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you say, I want, I want, uh, these speakers that are a part of this LinkedIn group, because I know this LinkedIn group is associated with a mastermind, right? So let's say, for example, uh, a mastermind group has a LinkedIn group that they're associated with. So these people are now a member of this group. Oh, so hold so on one second. So Dennis, a million. one second. Let me just. So you. So you're saying that part of your strategy is you you search for groups that you believe your target clients belong to and then you go and you search those that's one way brilliant. No, that's brilliant. one way to do it absolutely like because if they raise their hand and they join a group that says something very specific about them okay. right brilliant it allows you to profile them it allows you to profile exactly who they are so again authors in the united states that are a part of this linkedin group that have a company that have more than 50 employees right so now we've really isolated 
right? Mm. And we've really brought it down. So we went from 5 million authors all the way down to let's call it 10,000 people Mm -hmm. or 5,000 people that meet your exact criteria. Mm. Now, we may not hit a, we may not have been able to check every box on your criteria, but I think you, you can see how using the filters on LinkedIn can be so powerful to narrow down your search. Mm-hmm. Cause the last thing you want to do, you know, brand new salespeople, when they see a, they see 5 million leads, all of a sudden they say, Oh my God, it's a gold mine. <laughs> but an experienced salesperson says, there's no way that I can do this, mm. right? It's impossible. I'd rather have a hundred really good leads of my exact buyer persona yeah. and have a conversation with them. And so that's all we're really doing. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, hundred percent. Brilliant, brilliant. Okay, so now you've you, you, yeah. you're clicking you're clicking connect on all of those. You're basically reaching out to them, right? And you've got a uh, yeah. custom designed um, connection request. It's not just hi, I'd like to add you on LinkedIn, but it's more like hey, bro, whatever it is, you know. And you you give what what would you write? Like, give me an example of what you would write as a first, you know, impression. So let's say, for example, you and I are, I'm uh, say you're my target yes. audience and I wanted to connect with you. Yes. The first thing I would do is I would go to your profile and I would spend about 30 seconds and I would look at your profile and I would look at what I'm gathering is what I call sales intelligence. So I'm going to jot down a couple of notes in 30 to 60 seconds. I'm going to jot down who do we have in common as connections? What groups do we have in common? Do we have any geography in common? Mm. If we don't live in the same geography, do I have an interesting story or do I have an interesting fact about the geography that you mm-hmm. live in? Right. Um, do we have any influencers in common? Do we, do we, uh, you know, what articles have you liked, commented or shared on in the recent, the last two to four mm-hmm. weeks? What articles have you written? Okay. And so now I've just gathered, let's say five or six pieces of sales intelligence. Now my job is, is to find the most compelling pieces of information there and to write a very short connection request. So what I might, what it might say between you and I, and again, I haven't looked at your profile, mm-hmm. right, right, right this second. So I don't have it off the top of my head. Um, I might say something like, hi, Daniel. Um, you know, I see we have 37 connections in common, including, um, you know, Mike Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, I also see we're a part of XYZ group, right? And you live in, you live in Israel. Mm-hmm. I have a close friend I went to college with who lives in Israel, period. Curious if you're open to connecting. That's a mm-hmm. really simple, off-the-cuff mm-hmm. connection request. Notice what I didn't do. What I didn't do is I did not beat you over the head with my pitch. <laughs> right. Right? And that's a huge no-no. That's what a lot of people do. Secondly, I actually took a little bit of time to understand who you were because there's no way that I could have given him all those facts had I not invested a little bit of time and research up front, right? Again, 30 seconds to a mm-hmm. minute. And then what I did was I ended it with curious if you're open to connecting. Cheers, Dennis. Now, once you get good at doing this, if you're not very good at this, what you're going to experience is probably somewhere between 20 and 30 percent of the connections that you send a connection request to are going to accept your connection request. Mm -hmm. And that's not bad. Two or three out of 10. But once you get good at doing a little bit of sales intelligence and you get very good at crafting a very short message that focuses in on the things you have in common, you're going to get 50, 60, maybe even 70 plus percent Mm. of your connection requests accepted. See, now 
um, I get routinely between 60 and 80% of my connection requests will actually get accepted. Okay, so right? what I want to do, Dennis, so, is though, I that's amazing. But what I want to do, because we're obviously short on time, and I really want to try and cover as much yeah. as we can. So you've got the connection requests, you've got the people in your network, they've now connected to you. You then send them a, a message, a friendly message, just saying, hey, by the way, you know, why did you come on LinkedIn or what do you want to get out of LinkedIn? I'm assuming that obviously you change that based on what you're offering. So for me, it might be, hey, Dennis, have you ever thought of getting on top rated podcast shows to, uh, to, to, to basically expose yourself to a wider audience or whatever it is, right? That's yeah, what you're going to do is you're going to you're going to create a sequence of in the convert stage, Daniel. You're going to and I'm going to try to summarize this very quickly because I know people are busy. In the convert stage, you're going to create a sequence of three, four, five messages that are going to go out over the next three, four, five weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay, one a week. The first one being a thank you message. So my message to you might be, "Hey, thanks for connecting, Daniel." Um, you know, I know we don't know each other in an effort to get to know you a little better. I'm curious, what's your number one reason for being on LinkedIn? Got it. Question mark. Cheers, Dennis. That might be a very simple thank you message. Now, we connected on LinkedIn, so it's a little bit of, and my business is about LinkedIn, so it's kind of a micro of a yeah. micro, right? So that question may or may not work for you or the Correct. listeners, but what you have to know is you have to understand your buyers well enough to come up with a question that's compelling and interesting that they're going to engage with, right? Just like any other social media, mm-hmm. you, you know, you've got to capture their attention, just like you were meeting them in a networking event, right? You want to capture their attention, develop some rapport. So that would be your thank you message, yep. right? And so for you, you could craft a message that maybe it has nothing to do with your product. Maybe you're just trying to get engagement because you know that they're already a good potential prospect mm. because you sent a connection request to them. You handpicked them, mm-hmm. right? So maybe, you know, some people will be a little more aggressive and they might talk about their product or might allude to their product. Others might be a little bit softer, right? And they may they may take a little bit slower boat to China, right? Yeah. So to speak. And what so, was the next, that so would be your first message. You would, what's the next message that you would, go would ahead, I'm sorry. in the second message that you send them a week later? Uh, I mean, I'm assuming they don't mm-hmm. write back. If they write back, then I'm assuming you just get into a conversation, right? That's right. Absolutely. So if they don't... Your whole goal is to get a dialogue. Okay. So let's say you get a dialogue with them. How do you go for the kill? You know, I'm just to sound, not not to sound like, <laughs> not to sound, you know, thing, but... I get your point. I, I know exactly what yeah. you're talking about. How do you go from, how do you go from emailing to an offline conversation? How do you go from digital into the real world? The way you do that is this. Typically what you'll do is they already know what you do because they've already accepted your your profile, right? Mm. They've already accepted you as a connection. So they know if you've created your profile, it's very specific what you do and the value you can bring. So the dialogue from there, typically what it would end up happening, my question is typically they'll reply with, oh, I'm looking for leads or I'm looking to build my personal brand or I'm looking to do this. And what I might do is I might give them a say, hey, listen, you know, I've been doing consulting on LinkedIn for a long time long time. Here's a couple of things that you might want to consider and I'll give them some value for free, right? Mm, okay. I'll give them some tips or some ideas for free through digital, right? And then I'll say, you know, um, sorry, got to run. If you ever want to get, if you ever want to chat, just hit me up. I'd be glad to try to help, mm. right? Something like that. Very passive, very simple, 
not invasive, not real salesy. I'm not beating them over the head with my pitch. And at that point, what'll happen is if I provided some value to them and I've built a good rapport and I've made a good first impression with them, all of a sudden you'd be surprised how many people will respond back and say, Hey, yeah, are you free next week? I'd love to. And then I send them my Calendly, you know, calendar Mm -hmm. and say, Hey, pick a time that works for you. Be glad to sit down. We'll spend 20 minutes and I'll try to give you as much value as I can. And that becomes, uh, you know, what I do, I do a free LinkedIn strategy session for people that are serious about LinkedIn. And if they meet my target market, obviously I'm very serious about helping them. So, mm-hmm. so that would be your first message. And that was how you might convert those into the, into the offline world. If you don't, if they don't respond to that, thank you message, then what you're going to do is you're going to send a series of value messages. I'm sure some of you guys have all you've, many of you have heard of Gary Vaynerchuk. Yep. He made a, you know, he wrote a book called jab, 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 right hook back in 2013, made it very, very popular. This strategy of, give, 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 ask, yep. right? So, you know, that's a strategy that he uses for social media where you're going to give at least three times before you ask for anything. Well, I've been using that exact same strategy since back in 2007, 2008, because that was a big part of my system. What we did, we created a lot of content that was very specific to our target market. And I would deliver that content to them in a series of messages. So it might be a blog post, it might be an article, it might be a webinar, it might be a case study. But what I would do is I would periodically send those things out to that potential prospect. And my entire goal was this. My entire goal, whenever I try to engage with somebody, is for them to look at the information I provided them, look at my profile and to say, man, I wish I could hire that guy, but there's no way I can afford him. I I want to impress, impress upon them how good I am at what I do without ever asking them to buy. Mm -hmm. Because what I want them to do is I want them to come to me and say, Hey, listen, I really need some help. Can you answer this question? And then all of a sudden that converts into an offline conversation. So I'm way less aggressive than most people. And I think that you need to be, be more patient on social. And that's where most people fail Mm -hmm. is they treat social more like it's Tinder or speed dating. (laughs) And that's where you can go wrong. So here's the thing, Dennis, I'm, I'm very forgetful. I have a very terrible memory and I usually am not that organized. I feel like I'm going to forget to follow up. Do you have like a system where automatically the second message goes to the prospect after a week or do you have a reminder? Like what do you use? What do you do? What I have is I have, I literally keep it very simple because I'm not a, I'm, I'm not a, I don't have a good memory either. And again, I've already pointed out the fact that I'm not the smartest guy in the room. Mm-hmm. It's pretty rare. But what I have is I've developed a system and it's simply a Google Doc where I track who my connections are that I'm looking to connect <laughs> Google with. Google Doc. They're um, what a Google Doc. <laughs> yep, a Google Doc. At that point, I then send. I, I know message one, the thank you message. I know the date that that thank you message went oh out. My. The message one, the first give message, right? The first jab, I know when that message went Mm -hmm. out. The second jab, I know when that message went out. The third jab, I know when that message went out. And then they ask, right? And the ask is where you're asking them to get on a phone call, an intro phone call, a strategy session, Mm -hmm. a demo, a a networking call, or you're going to talk about something specific within the content that you've delivered throughout the preceding three, four, five weeks. Okay, so the document, hold on. It's simply a Google Doc where you go in every day. Right, but that- I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, but that Google Doc at the end of the day uh, isn't going to remind you to go in and follow up a week later. Yeah, well, what it'll do is you go in to the Google Doc and you can see the dates when the last message went. 
and you know a week to 10 days later you're going to be sending that next message so all you do is look at the dates oh wow so it it's not automated again and I can't create a system where it's necessarily automated and it doesn't have a reminder, a hundred reminder. You wouldn't want a hundred reminders popping up every right, day. That's true. But if you can log into that, if you could look at that Google Doc and you can see that on, um, you know, on uh, August 1st, I sent the thank you message and it's August 9th today mm. I'm logging in, you know that the first give message needs to go out. So what it, what it is, is it's very, it's a lot easier than you think. You can build a cadence where you come in every day and you know, hey, here's the connections I want to connect with. Here's the people that I need to send a follow-up message to. And then you get out, okay. right? And then you go on your day. I don't want people spending three or four or five hours a day. If you think that I spend three or four or five hours a day on LinkedIn, you're absolutely crazy. I don't have time for it. What I want to spend time doing is I want to spend time on the phone or face to face with my prospects or my clients, because that's where the money comes from. Mm. Right. So I developed this entire system where 30 to 60 minutes a day, if you follow the system and you embrace the system, you can start generating a steady and consistent supply of high quality leads because you're going to be picking, hand picking who those people are. Amazing. Incredible. So let me ask you this, Dennis. Um, in your experience, how many times do you need to touch the prospect, so to speak, in order for a sale to happen? You know, statistically speaking, they say between seven and 12 times. On LinkedIn, the way I look at touch points is this, and I'm glad you brought this up because a lot of people don't speak like that in terms of touch points. Mm. The first touch point is when you send a connection request, right? Yep. So that's touch point number one. The second touch point is when you send a thank you message. The third touch point is maybe give message one. The fourth touch point is give message two. The fifth touch point is give message three. And then the sixth touch point is when you're asking. So that's a hypothetical kind of a sequence, mm -hmm. right? So, but along the way, once they become your connection, now if you're doing uh, a LinkedIn update once a day or you're doing an article, this is where they're going to start seeing you more passively and top of mind. So they might, over the course of that 30 days, they might have seen you one or two or three other times where you had posted something, right? Uh, an update on LinkedIn, something that's either directly related to your, to your product or service or directly related to something that's compelling and interesting to you. And so I'm, I think that it's typically on LinkedIn, somewhere between the same statistical, the same st statistics that you hear all the time, um, which is typically seven to 12 touch points. And those touch points are usually just either messages and or them seeing you passively on LinkedIn. It creates that familiarity, mm -hmm. right? Yep. I'm not the only one who says it, know, like, and trust. If they don't know you, you're going to cure the know you by connecting with them. The like you is going to be developed in the value that you provide and the trust is something that can only happen with time and effort. Amazing. Now, what's interesting is I noticed about, speaking about posting on LinkedIn, I've posted the exact same thing on Facebook and LinkedIn, the exact same thing, right? Now on Facebook, I got about <coughs> 96 likes and 18 comments on this one post, but on LinkedIn for the exact same post, I got like three likes and one comment, right? Now I've got three and a half thousand connections on Facebook and I've got 5,000 connections on LinkedIn, which means I've got more connections on LinkedIn than I do on Facebook. Why is it that the engagement is so low and should I be concerned about that? There's two reasons. Number one, your 
statistically and admittedly over the last couple of years have invested an enormous amount of time into Facebook. So you've built some anticipation. You've built a fan following. Hmm. You've built, uh, you know, an audience yep. there. Agree? Yes, I agree to that 100%. Now on LinkedIn, you haven't built an audience. You've built a list of connections. Hmm. You haven't built a bunch of fans. You've just built some connections. Right. So what I would challenge you is that Facebook and LinkedIn are different. You're never going to get the exact same sort of engagement out of one than the other. But remember, you don't have to. Right. A lot of the people that engaged with you on Facebook could never potentially be your customers, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of those people could never really potentially be your customers. <laughs> but the difference is LinkedIn has a much uh, higher density. You know, it's a target rich environment yeah. for the business to business. So what I would suggest is that number one, you need to invest some time. And number two, there's, there's a little bit different strategy on how you post on LinkedIn versus how you post on Facebook. You know, they're similar, but a little different. I did a training. I actually did a, I wrote an article. If you want, you could include it in the, in the show yep. notes, which was, which where I did a study of how I was posting previously, an old way I was posting, where I was posting kind of blog posts. You know, I cut and paste a URL yeah. and auto fill in the blog post and I put a little comment at the top and I would get very little engagement, right? Just like you. Mm -hmm. And then I changed the strategy and all of a sudden I was able to increase my user engagement by over 1200% over the course of a couple weeks. Wow, what did you do? So there's a strategy. Yeah, there's a strategy on how you can, on posting a certain way um, that allows you to get a lot further reach, a lot more engagement. And I'd be glad to share that link. You know, it's an article that I wrote. It's called Four Easy Steps to 10 or 12, 12x Your LinkedIn User Engagement. Brilliant. You can include that in the show okay. notes. I think that's an extremely valuable piece. It's been incredibly valuable for me because I was able to 12x my reach and engagement just by slightly changing the way I do my posts on LinkedIn. Amazing. So for those listening, that link will be in the show notes it's danielgeffen.com forward slash 105 what about writing articles on pulse because we've been talking about posting uh your status right um but what about pulse do you mm -hmm. spend any time there or is it just a waste is it not worth doing that all right so i'm gonna i'm gonna come clean and i'm gonna admit something and that is this <laughs> come clean i when i a couple of years ago i spent a lot of time doing posts on linkedin and I would get some decent engagement, or not posts. I would do I would do actual articles, articles. LinkedIn yeah. posts, right? I would do articles on LinkedIn on different topics, and I was getting engagement. But the engagement, it seemed like every article, the engagement was going down yes. and down and down and down. So what I said was, you know what? I'm just going to start publishing all this on my blog, and I'm not going to worry about publishing it on LinkedIn. I'm just going to make my connections, and then my content, I'll point them to my blog. Mm. So I abandoned doing LinkedIn articles for a while, let's call it over a year, mm -hmm. right? And I was just focusing on my blog and following my system for connections. And then what happened was just recently, when that happened on LinkedIn, where I did that, I did that case study where I showed how I increased my engagement by over 1200%. I said, listen, I'm going to write a blog post about this. And I'm going to put it on LinkedIn, I'm going to do an article on LinkedIn. Well, that article um, if you were to check it out, I'll give you the stats today on what it did, but I've only had that article out for about a week. Really? It's got uh, over a thousand views. It was shared 23 times. Mm. Um, it has 
tons of comments. I don't know exactly how many comments it has, but if you look in the back end of the articles, you've got some really compelling data that you can use statistics, mm-hmm. right? It yeah. gives you some user statistics on what companies are viewing the article, what are their positions, you know, what are the biggest audience from a geography standpoint, how did they find your article? Um, it's really, really incredible. So I have a new vigor and I have new enthusiasm for LinkedIn articles. And I'm committed to be posting at least once or twice a month here now. I'm not necessarily going to post every day because I post in a lot of other areas on my blog Mm -hmm. and otherwise. But I like to post original content on LinkedIn. And one other huge benefit, it's really funny. And I don't know if you can do this right now. Are you on, uh, are you, can you pull up Google? Uh, mm, It's a bit, a little difficult just because I'm I've got my mic out. That's okay. But if you do, if you guys, for me, if you, if you do a search on Google for LinkedIn user engagement, what you're going to find out is that my article that I just posted on LinkedIn or that I posted about a week or two ago on LinkedIn is the number four result for organic search wow. here in the U.S. That's incredible. I did no SEO. I did absolutely nothing. And it's the number four article when you search for the term LinkedIn user engagement. That's amazing. That really is incredible. Yeah. And so that's a second benefit of it. You know, LinkedIn has great domain authority. And if your content resonates, you know, LinkedIn will, or Google will obviously index your article just like they index your profile. Right. But are you a premium member on LinkedIn? I am a premium member. Okay, yeah. so does that I'm a premium. does that does that give you, do you think that maybe you've got an unfair advantage because you're paying to be a premium member? Yeah, I don't think that they, I don't think the premium, the, one of the benefits of being a premium member is not getting additional exposure to your content. Mm. It gives you additional tools, okay. right? So if you're a premium member, you don't get more, you don't get more reach with your updates. You don't get more reach with your articles. What you do get is you get more tools, right? So I'm a big believer in the premium account for LinkedIn. It's called a sales navigator yes. account. And the reason why I like that is because it gives you a lot more tools to gather sales intelligence, to connect with your users, to engage them. And, you know, I put it this way. I think the subscription, I never look at it, but I think it's like 79 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. I tell anybody, if you use LinkedIn the way I teach for 90 days, the last thing you're going to be worried about is the 79 bucks a month that you pay for a subscription. And again, just to, rem- to, to remind people that sales navigator, right? Sales Navigator is there is is the program that I promote. There are some different memberships. There's some stuff for recruiting. Okay. There's also a business, right. uh, another business account. But the Sales Navigator Can you account give us, is, what, what, is the one that I really What's promote. the number one reason people should pay uh, for Sales Navigator? Like, what's the biggest tool that it does that just makes life easier? Well, as a free user, one of the things that LinkedIn is in. Uh, implemented over the last couple of years is they've limited the amount of organic searches that you can do as a free user. So you'll run into what's called a commercial use limit where I think it's like a hundred searches or a hundred queries. And then what'll happen is they won't let you search anymore through the free account. So that's a big one itself. If you're going to get serious about LinkedIn, you're going to need to be able to do searches. I shared with you why that's important because you need to find your target market. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the big ones. The next one is the fact that when you go on LinkedIn and you go to the homepage and you look at everybody's updates, it's really noisy, right? It's kind of like Facebook. Right. It's real noisy. You're not necessarily seeing what you want to see. You're just seeing what's being thrown out there by everybody Mm -hmm. in your network. Well, on Sales Navigator, what you can do is you can filter out all the people except 
your prospects so that you can oh, just that's see smart. their content that is really, and engage with them. That is really useful. That is very useful. That's incredibly useful, yeah. right? Because now you're going to save a lot of time because you want to go in periodically. And if you've got a prospect and you want to you know, like, comment, or share their share their post in a, in an effort to try to develop some rapport and a relationship and expand your relationship. It's very time consuming to do that if you don't have that feature. So those are just a couple of the features that make it more than worthwhile. In addition, you know, they have much far much more expansive um, uh, filters on their advanced search strategy. So you can search, you know, uh, in Sales Navigators, you know, you can search by geography and you can do a circumference search. Mm -hmm. That's a huge one. If you're looking for a specific geography, mm -hmm. you can search, um, you know, how long they've been a member. You can search, uh, you know, uh, you know, public, private companies. Right. You can search, you know, way beyond, you know, the seniority level, the head count mm -hmm. of how many people. So there's way beyond what it gives you with the free search. So, okay. man, I'll tell you, for <laughs> 79 bucks a month, if you use, uh, if you start getting serious about LinkedIn and whether you use my system or whether you just started to deploy what we've shared with you today, um, I highly doubt that after the first two or three months, you're going to, you're going to be disappointed with investing 79 bucks a month, Amazing. especially if you're a consultant who, you know, might be, you know, might gets one client. If you get one client that gives you a $2,500 a month retainer, yeah. look what you just did. Mm -hmm. You just, you literally just, you know, the ROI is crazy. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to link that in the show notes, guys. Uh, so for those listening, if you want to uh, go to the show notes, uh, the link to sales navigator, will be there. By the way, Dennis, earlier you mentioned about getting free press and getting featured in in the media. How did that happen mm -hmm. through LinkedIn? It's really funny. I, you know, I've uh, I got featured uh, I became a contributor to Huffington Post mm -hmm. and I got featured on over 20 podcasts, all of which the connections came through LinkedIn. Wow. 100% of those came through LinkedIn. So the way you do it is very similar to how you engage with your target market as a prospect, right? So you identify who your target market is. If you're trying to get on podcasts, then you identify podcast hosts mm -hmm. within the genre that you want to connect with. You find them on using the, the search features on LinkedIn like we talked about. You send a thoughtful and compelling connection request, and then you engage them. Mm -hmm. And the entire goal my entire goal is this. It's kind of like a game, right? I know that I want to get on somebody's podcast. I know that I like their podcast. I've listened to their podcast. Their, the target market is perfect. And I know I'll do a bang up job. So what I do, my goal is to start engaging them through LinkedIn and through other social platforms. And my entire goal is for them to ask me to become on their to come on their podcast versus me ever asking mm. them. I never come out and ever ask anybody to write an article about me, to feature me in, you know, uh, on their podcast or otherwise. If I can't provide enough value from a distance and then as we get closer, mm -hmm. say we get a phone conversation, right? Let's look at you and I, right? You and let's yeah. just use you and I as Good an example. example. You and I connected a few months ago, yep. right? We connected months ago. I think it was on Facebook hmm. or maybe it was on LinkedIn. It was one of the two. Yeah. And um, we had a little bit of a dialogue and it kind of passively went off. I was watching what you were doing on your podcast. I had checked you were out stalking, your podcast. You were stalking me, looked, Dennis. Yeah. <laughs> I was stalking you a little bit. Okay. I'll admit it. Don't call the cops. I'll admit it. <laughs> and, 
<laughs> and and then what happened was you posted something on LinkedIn, on Facebook about, hey, who knows anything about LinkedIn? Mm-hmm. And I said, listen, hey, glad to help. You know, let me know if I can yep. help. Next thing you knew, you and I and your partner were on a phone call. This was a couple weeks yep. ago. And you had some questions about LinkedIn. We did a little bit of a Q&A. We talked for a few minutes. And before the end of that, all I remember was that we had, you know, I told you a little bit about my background and you, you had said, Hey, listen, maybe you should be on my podcast. That's right. I was like, dude, this would be amazing for my show. Yeah. Right. And what I didn't do is I didn't come on there saying, Daniel, I'll kill it. Put me on your (laughs) podcast. I promise I won't let you down. Right. I didn't beat you over the head with my pitch. I proved with the value that I can provide that I could be, if I could be valuable to you, then I would absolutely be valuable to your guests. So it's the same sort of process. It's a nurturing process. It's a relationship building process. So I can tell you if, if listeners to this podcast are looking for a push button, immediate results, money to fall out of the sky type of approach, I'm not your guy. Mm -hmm. But if you have a little bit more patience, you can connect with some of the most compelling, interesting, powerful, um, well-educated people in the world just by using this type of strategy. And what's really funny is the strategy that I just shared with all of you about LinkedIn, it works on Facebook and it works on Twitter too. It's just a slightly different, yeah. you know, the tactics are slightly different, but the strategy is still the same. It's so important though, Dennis. I mean, I'm literally, I mean, we're at the end of the show now and I, I could talk for another hour, but this has been absolutely incredible. And the one thing that I want to, I, I really want to pound, and this is not just to the listeners, I want to pound this into my own brain. I want to say, Daniel, stop being so freaking impatient. Like, just just relax. You know what I'm saying? You're 33 years old, Daniel. Just relax. You've got all the time. Like, just, I just find that people get so impatient and they want they want the fast track to success. And it's not like, this is episode 105, guys, okay? This is now almost two years in the making. I've spent two years producing every single week, two episodes, well, it started out as one episode, but then it was two episodes a week consistently. And now we're at 105 episodes. You've got to just Put the foot in front of the other one, and that's it. Don't think so big. Don't be like, you know. And, and, and look, at the end of the day, Dennis, you know, you you built a, an eighty million dollar company, but it started with that first client, right? Absolutely. You yeah. Know? And so the thing that I want to really like drive home today is what you said, Dennis, about nurturing relationships. That is so key. It's so key because we're living in a world right now where people are bombed bombarding everyone with spammy messages. Everybody's trying to spam everybody else. And here's the cool thing, is if you just take a little bit more time, like you said, Dennis, you spend 30 seconds looking at somebody's profile, you find a few things that we have in common, and you talk to me like a freaking human being, like you would if you met me in a bar, then guess what? We're going to have a relationship, and the chance of me wanting to buy from you is going to go through the roof compared to you just... I can't tell you how many times, and it makes me sick, how many times I get people just cold messaging me on Facebook going, hey, Daniel, uh, I've got this course, and it's only $197, and... Who the hell are you? Like, why are you throw? Like, come on, man. Like, if I met you in a bar, you know, so I'd funny. smack you in the head. Daniel, I'll tell you this. Patience is, I'm, historically speaking, I'm not a very patient guy. But what I can tell you is this. There's an old saying that always rings through my head. You can have it all, 
You just can't have it all today. Okay. (laughs) You have to plant seeds. You have to think about social as more like being a farmer than a hunter. For the first 10 years of my career, I was a hunter. I went out and made deals happen. Then I realized once the internet, the proliferation of the internet and social media, I realized that I had to be more patient. And that was one of the secrets. So I'm really glad you chimed in on that. And it's one of the biggest downfalls on why people give up on LinkedIn. The same reason that you described, you went hard and heavy on LinkedIn, Mm -hmm. and then you weren't seeing the results and you gave it up and you went on to something else. Consistency over time, but not only consistency over time, it's having the right system. Mm. So if you, you know, I don't care how many times you bake an apple pie, if you don't put sugar in, it's going to taste horrible. Okay. And so you have to have the right ingredients. You have to have the right system and you have to do that consistently over time because yeah, you'll figure it out if you do it wrong enough times, but unfortunately people don't learn as quick as what they should. Right. And so sometimes you'll just keep beating your head into that wall. So, you know, I'll be glad to help wherever I can. I'm so happy and thankful that you had me on the podcast. I know we're really probably already running over. We're running over. I want to share one quick insight, Dennis. I'm so sorry to do this. I want to share this insight because I, I, really feel like this is this is like the one thing that I think was missing and I feel like if those listening can take this home it was worthless like here's the thing why did Facebook work for me and LinkedIn didn't I think it comes down to one very simple thing because on Facebook you're naturally there to socialize and so I'm posting pictures of my kids, I'm posting pictures of me and my wife, and I'm talking about like, you know, just who I am and, and you see me for me and I'm having conversations with people, I'm having real conversations. I'm not trying to sell anybody. But on LinkedIn, because of the nature of it, because it's a B2B platform primarily and because it's a business scene, we get all businessy. It's like when you get on a call with someone and they put on this like very serious act, like, hello, yes, uh, I agree. But what are you talking like that for? Just talk to me like a human being. <laughs> like, it doesn't work. Like, people think you've got to, you know, tie up your tie real tight and button yourself up and speak in a way and be all professional. Guess what, guys? You don't. People actually connect to people more when you're just yourself just be yourself and people buy from people people buy from humans and the problem with linkedin was that i wasn't being human on linkedin i was being mr businessman and no one gives a crap about mr businessman and so that's i sorry i needed to just get that out of my system and so oh i agree my, that's I agree 100%. it my goal now i'm going to go on linkedin first of all i'm going to download your system dennis and i'm going to follow that to a t and I'm going to be human on LinkedIn. And I think that that will make all the difference. I agree. And one other thing you want to mention, you, you did mention this, and that is this. LinkedIn is a social platform. Um, or uh, Facebook. Facebook is a social platform. LinkedIn is a professional network that has some social components to it. So you're even if you don't get as much engagement on LinkedIn, if you're putting your message in front of the right people consistently, they won't always like it, comment or share, but they see it. Mm. And it's that touch point and it's that familiarity that allows you to develop a relationship that you can then convert offline. You may never get the same type of engagement, but what I don't want you to do is I don't want you to compare apples with oranges Got like it. I said before. You know, if you only get if you only get four Four likes on LinkedIn versus a hundred likes on Facebook, but they're the right four people. Are you mad? Yeah. Or are you happy? Yeah. 
A hundred percent. Okay. So yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much. Dennis, so just quickly, so for those uh, listening that want to get in touch with you, what is the best way uh, to get in touch with you? Yeah, what I would tell you is this. I'm on Twitter at AskDennisBrown.com uh, or I, at AskDennisBrown. I'm on LinkedIn. At, my handle is AskDennisBrown or you can just go to my my blog where I post regularly on LinkedIn and social selling at AskDennisBrown.com. Brilliant. This has been absolutely awesome. Dennis, thank you so much for letting me pick your brain. And thank you to all my fellow brain pickers. I'm looking forward to the day when I'll be picking your brain. You've been listening to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast. Inspiration without perspiration is like a tiger without teeth. So to put these ideas into action, head over to danielgeffen.com.